Welcome to the Rural Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Larson. This week we're in Red Oak, Iowa with Derek and Jill O'Neill of Alley Pointer Macado Architecture and Jay Mercantile. We're talking all things community revitalization and development, including expanding Derek's architecture company from the city to small town, and Jill getting to bring her dream of a design and home decor shop to life, starting from a pop-up shop to then a storefront and now even more. They're also making a space for future entrepreneurs to be able to explore their dreams and are focused on making the most of their town's potential. So if you see the potential in your small town but aren't sure where to start, you are going to love this interview. Here we go with Derek and Jill. All right, we're here in Red Oak, Iowa with Jill and Derek O'Neill of Jay Mercantile and Allie Pointer Macado Architecture. Guys, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having us. Well, tell us about you. Are you guys both from Red Oak originally? I grew up near Red Oak, about 23 miles west of here. In a town called? Henderson. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I am from Red Oak, uh, born and raised here. Uh, actually, I think our kids would be about uh, fifth or sixth generation to graduate from the Red Oak School here. So been here for a while. Cool. Did you guys know each other growing up? We did not. We met at the University of Iowa in the chemistry class. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Well, when did you guys, I guess let's talk a little bit about your path. You met at University of Iowa, where did you go from there? And what was kind of your journey that sort of led you back to Red Oak? Talk to us about that. I wanted to pursue a degree in the medical profession, and that took me to the University of Nebraska Medical Center. Well, and and I was going to follow Jill wherever she went. <laughs> um, oh, no. no, in all seriousness, I was uh, started out kind of in the medical area of studies and just kind of wasn't going great for me. So I had a chance after meeting Jill to just kind of really reflect on what I wanted to do and uh, came back to uh, architecture, which is what I always wanted to do as a kid and love to draw and play with Legos like every architect says. So um, I transferred to the University of Nebraska in Lincoln uh, into their architecture program and uh, we ended up in Omaha. I commuted there and uh, that's kind of the, the piece that took us from the University of Iowa to um, back over to this side of the, the state, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you guys both eventually pursued careers in Omaha, right? We did. And we lived in Bellevue and we started a family. And shortly after that, we decided that we desired a smaller town to raise our family in. So we set our sights on Red Oak. Yeah, I mean, I kind of think from the, I mean, the first, you know, opportunity of starting to talk about starting a life together, even, I mean, we looked at, we were always looking at the small towns and properties and, uh, I mean, things around Henderson, clear to Red Oak, we'd always drive through the, you know, Red Oak when we were back visiting my parents for holidays or whatever, and um, you know, I'd always drive her by the, what I liked for the cool old houses and talked about the, you know, the neat old buildings and everything. So, And he um, drove me by one house in particular every time we came back. And 
I called it the money pit. And now we renovated it, and it's our home. (laughs) It really is the money pit. (laughs) And was it the money pit that eventually brought you back here? It was. I mean, well, I'll let Derek answer that part of it. Well, yeah. I mean, I think we had really gotten to a point with our kids and our family where we were feeling some of the pressures of the bigger city with, you know, activities and clubs and um, just you know, running that kind of rat race a little bit. And there was always this, when we would drive back to to Red Oak, there was always this little bit of a, you know, like a sigh of relief or, you know, the kind of like the weights being lifted off your shoulders as you come into town. And um, the story, the story a little bit goes with, uh, you know, the, the house and everything is something that Right after we bought our house in Bellevue, Nebraska, then literally a month later, we got this notice that this house that I'd been eyeing forever here in in Red Oak was coming up for auction. Kind of a strange scenario where um, it was locked up in a family, third generation of family owned it, hadn't been lived in full time since 1923, really. And uh, so this house was coming up for auction and all the contents and everything, and we just closed on our house. So we were a little bummed about about that there, but uh, fortunately, a local preservationist got a hold of it, did a couple things to keep the water out of it, and um, I became pretty good friends with with her and did some other little projects for her around the Red Oak area, and um, got to a point where we started thinking about Red Oak again. We came back, I think it was like 2008, maybe, looked at it with her, walked around the house, kind of said, not right now. And then, yeah, he finally got me inside the house. Yeah. Yeah. So that, then that's when I really had Jill on my side. Yeah. Um, but we waited for a little while. And then in 2010, we got a hold of the house, um, closed on it, didn't really do a whole lot with it for a while. Um, and then 2000, late 2011 is when we kind of started doing some of the, the rehab and renovation work had another kiddo in the, in between there. Um, and yeah, then, um, 2012 is when we decided to move back to Red Oak, finish the renovations, um, and just kind of dive in. Yeah. So what did that mean for you guys work-wise once you decided to make this your home base? I was working at Nebraska Medicine and I was working full-time days I went to part-time overnights, knowing that that transition was going to be happening. And so when we moved here, I was able to um, work just part-time. So I would drive to Omaha twice a week for work. And so, uh, you know, and that, I mean, you made that transition before we actually moved to to Red Oak of going to the part-time overnights. So we kind of got to try it out a little bit. And then uh, with my business and my um, architecture firm, we had been talking, you know, 2008, 2009, recession, really tough on construction industry and everything. And so we had been talking that we knew we needed to be something kind of different coming out of the recession than we were going into it. We were pretty lucky that we had a huge, uh, diverse portfolio of work. So we were we weren't pigeonholed into anyone like government type or developer work or anything like like that. But um, I really started hounding on my future partners at that time about, you know, let's 
let's go to Iowa. There's twice as many people in Iowa as there is in Nebraska. There's all these great little little towns, you know, every 30 miles that, you know, they have great historic architecture. They need schools. Um, they deserve design. Um, and if you kind of just apply what we call our dedications of, you know, advanced design, build community, put people first, it all just kind of started to to make sense. And so um, they agreed to that if I was willing to move here and, and do it, they agreed to be supportive of it. And so it's gone pretty well so far. I think that's great. I think you guys have always admired the potential that Red Oak has held. And once you moved here, I feel like you kind of were all in and ready to just jump in and start where you could. So what did that look like? Well, you were right about that because we wouldn't have made that transition if we didn't see the potential in this town. And having grown up nearby here, I always liked this town. Of course, Derek loved it because he's from here. <clears throat> but we did see the potential, and we knew that by making that leap, by moving here and moving our family here, that there would be some obstacles to overcome, but we knew that the benefits would outweigh those. And I think Derek had his sights set on the potential as far as architecture and development go. And I had always wanted to open a business of my own. I really like to decorate. I like the design aspect of it. And so I thought that in a small town um, such as Red Oak, there wasn't anything like that that existed here. So I thought that there was potential for me to explore that option as well. We were, yeah, definitely, I think, all in before we got here and jumped all, <laughs> all in. Um, you know, from my side of things with the architectural business, we had uh, been introduced to a couple from state of Washington that had moved back to Red Oak here and had bought in as um, they said at the time a piece of the monopoly set is what they wanted to, to own so they bought a building downtown I met with them about you know rehabs and renovations and and things and then I also they got acquired a couple more buildings and had some tenants that wanted to move so we did a whole block of renovations uh, for them before you know we decided to move to Red Oak and I think you know, they really did help us with the idea that, yeah, we can make this work. You just got to you just got to do it. Um, and then from there, we were we did a uh, downtown uh, revitalization plan for downtown Red Oak. Uh, it started as they wanted to do a streetscape project. Um, and I had seen, fortunately, working with other people in my office and other communities, I had seen where, you know, we had there was all these other opportunities, funding mechanisms that if we put the right plan in place that we could turn that, you know, million dollar street project into a $3 million, you know, big time downtown revitalization effort just by the city committing the, the money for the street project. So you've, people have heard me use the term turning $5 into $10. Um, so that turned into just a, not just a streetscape project, but we got uh, some community development block grant money for a facade improvement project. And then the city um, had a downtown urban revitalization plan that then piled on another almost duplicate amount of facade improvement uh, buildings. So I think somewhere along the line, we've touched about 20 downtown buildings here in addition to that other block of buildings and just 
Um, it's kind of just kept growing. Um, park improvements for Fountain Square Park were a part of that. Um, we've got a great little grand theater that uh, is doubling in size. You know, they're adding a second screen downtown here, and a lot of it, a lot of it all just relates to kind of just um, things that were implementation pieces of that master plan from that time. So that's kind of a long-winded version of how how we jumped into Red Oak All In, but we were doing a lot of stuff before we actually committed to moving here, and it just kind of made that that piece. Um, piece easier um, and we knew a lot of people I mean that her her family being from Henderson not too far away and her her aunt um, actually worked with my mom in a real estate office here in in Red Oak so we it's kind of like everybody already knew everybody and uh, my dad had an electrical contracting business here for a long time so it really made it kind of easy to get out there and make some more connections and um, yeah just jump into to everything right away yeah Derek, what do you love about getting to have an office here in Red Oak and use your skills to help this town? Yeah, you know, I, it's, that is a tough question to kind of wrap into words because there's, there are a lot of emotions that go along with that. So um, <clears throat> I think that, you know, there's, this town has been pretty darn good to, I think, my whole family f for a long time. Um, my dad made a great, great business here, um, just all, all the way back, grandparents and aunts and uncles and everybody. So um, the fact that, you know, I can use some skills that um, God's given me for, to make places as great as possible. I mean, I think that is a, I mean, that's, it's hard to explain, you know, um, we just, I mean, we just wrapped up a a $30 million school project here in our, our tiny little town that, you know, going into that uh, was tough. I mean, it, I certainly took my lumps along the way to put our, ourselves in position to even get to do that project. And then Jill and I spent an incredible amount of time with a lot of the campaign and community engagement and stuff to, to get to do that. But it's, you know, now that the kids are in there and what was the text that Lennon sent you? Uh, something like, this is amazing. The school is amazing. This was kind of a, a preview. Some kids got a chance to go in for uh, a couple of uh, days early before school started. And, you know, they they were just... There was emotion. Yeah, there were I mean, kids were... that left the building after the tour with tears. Wow. Yeah. And they were hugging and saying how amazing their new school was. There's wow. a lot of pride there. So, you know, for sh for sure that is, I mean, we've only been here living in Red Oak since 2012, but that for sure is a huge accomplishment. And, uh, you know, all, just the struggles that previous committees and, uh, you know, bond issues had, as with any small town, you know, there's oftentimes multiple multiple tries red oak had had a has has had a history of you know not necessarily supporting any of those on the first try and we crushed it on the first try i mean we had great community support to get this done you know so there's there's clearly been a mindset change there and um you know it's hard to tell what that true outcome is going to be but that's a that's a huge piece of 
certainly, you know, setting a good foundation piece for the for the community to be able to grow around the around the school. I mean, the Friday night light of effect, you know, is what they sometimes call it with just the school and the activities and and everything. And it, the comments have been and been great from that. So that certainly has been one of the best, you know, pieces of of being able to work in your small small town, your hometown is to, you know, give back on on some of those things and I for forever it seems like have really loved all of the historic architecture. Kind of goes back to spent some time in London, uh, Europe and just really seeing what they did and how they appreciated a lot of their old buildings and their history and you know walking around on a lot of those streets and and into those buildings and restaurants and everything over there you know we just kind of we looked at it and thought gosh we kind of have this in Iowa what's the big what's the big deal or how can we really apply you know that preservation and heritage to our towns and our communities and make them make them thrive so yeah and this downtown would you classify it as Victorian yeah I mean Victorian class I mean it captures a huge range in in date but yeah definitely um there's a lot of Victorian architecture here you know a lot of the buildings go have gone through different stages um it's oftentimes you see it you you do see a lot of that Victorian detail was stripped off in the World War II time frame um, excess metal, you know, they took a lot of that, put it towards the the war effort. We do have a couple of great blocks of buildings that that, that didn't happen on. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's just a cool mix of, of architecture. Yeah, I feel like this town is an architect's dream, so yeah. you're in the right <laughs> spot. <laughs> well, Jill, tell us about you and your dream to have a shop and get to do some fun design work and share that with the community. Well, I feel very fortunate that I have the opportunity to pursue my dream of design and home decorating. I have dreamt of this for many, many years. And finally, in 2016, I established J Mercantile. It was still a dream. We didn't have a storefront yet. But I had a lot of the details worked out in my head. I had a lot of it written down. And in 2017, um, late in the fall, I think it was, um, we opened up as a pop-up market. And Derek was gracious enough to lend me the back half of his architecture firm. And we had an alley entrance, so I got teased quite a bit about that. Like, enter through the alley, we're open this weekend kind of <laughs> stuff. So we took that and, and kind of laughed about that for a while. But... So we had the idea to open as a pop-up market because retail is fairly risky, especially in a small town. And um, we didn't really know how it would go over. So I wanted to try it before you buy it kind of approach. So we opened up and we were a pop-up market, meaning we were open one weekend every month. And I felt incredibly blessed because it was very well received. We consistently had people through the doors and more than anything I loved the conversations and I loved just you know talking to people and having them come through the doors and then leave inspired and I knew that down deep it was going to work and I was ready for the next step so with the help of our chamber of commerce um, 
and my architect husband, <laughs> we were <laughs> able to renovate a storefront that did not have an alley entrance anymore. <laughs> and um, we renovated the front half of the building and we were able to open on our town's um, annual celebration called Junction Days. So we opened the doors to that and we still operated as a pop-up market um, for a few months, rolling into the holiday season in 2018, we decided to be open every weekend. So I guess through the evolution of that, we are now open Wednesday through Saturday, and we have big plans for expansion and growth, a couple of other business openings under the umbrella of J Mercantile. So there's good things happening. So exciting. I love it. So we've talked a lot about what you guys have done since you've moved here. What is your vision for this town beyond what you've done already? That's a, I mean, that's a good question. Um, I think we are continually dreaming of what can we do next? What does our town need? What does our town want? What can we do for the people of this community to keep it moving forward? Because we see the potential. There is so much potential and there are great things happening in rural America and Red Oak is just a tiny little facet of that but we love our town we are its biggest cheerleaders I feel and I think that we're always dreaming of the next step so personally under the, the umbrella of Jay Mercantile we have lots of business ideas I'd like to um, operate a pop-up market to help future entrepreneurs explore their dreams and be able to have a storefront that they can try it before you buy it. Yeah. And I think that that will put Red Oak on the map as a, a destination. We've had five retail stores open up in a year um, in and around our square, our historic downtown square, Jay Mercantile being one of them. Um, so I think that that growth is phenomenal for a rural community. And each of those businesses has been open now for a year. And I think that's great sustainability. So I would like to see um, a pop-up market open under the Jay Mercantile umbrella. I would love to have a coffee shop, wine bar, all of that kind of stuff too. But I mean, I, the list goes on and on. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I would, I guess, make sure that we take a, an opportunity here to it's not just Derek and Jillville here. I mean, there's tons of people that do a, a lot of a lot of work to make things happen. I mean, it's you have to have a ton of volunteers to to do all of this and to serve on committees, um, put in the time to make make things happen. So, and there there are tons of people in the the town that help to make it make it work. I think everybody kind of has the the shared a similar shared vision of uh, I guess making it as the, as best of a community as it it can absolutely absolutely be. I often uh, another term I use. I know I said the one earlier, but I use the term Red Oak first. I mean, if everybody can always you know kind of drop back to the Red Oak first mentality, you the town will it will survive and it will it will thrive uh, it's kind of when we get into this scenario of it's better for me or it's better for that entity or group that you know it it loses steam on on the progress that's being made T tons of progress has been ma made here um 
you know, in addition to Jill and, and Jay Mercantile and some of those great, great ideas with the pop-ups and all of that, we've been able to form some other partnerships. Um, one of them is called ROOT, which stands for Red Oaks Ongoing Transformation, and that's a little development company that we put together to uh, acquire some of these historic properties, um, put some investment in them, use the different tools that I've seen used uh, by other communities and other, other developers and rehabbers. Uh, so we've gotten a couple of the buildings on the square that we're working on with some plans there. We've uh, done some houses up in our neighborhood where our, our big old house is at. We've got a couple of houses that are, uh, we've got one that's really close to being, being done, great old Victorian house. We've got um, another one that's kind of in the, the middle of the process and then another one that's ready to get, get started. So, you know, kind of trying to hit all those different pieces that small towns need from, you know, services and housing. Um, as my, I would love to see us kind of change our housing mentality a little bit in the community. And we, we are, we are working on all of those things. Um, we had some great people make some connections with a developer out of Kansas City that's going to acquire our old middle school building here that was built in 1917. Uh, that's going to get turned into about 25 apartments. Um, so that's a great win for the school system. They don't have to worry about what to do with the building or if they should tear it down or not. Um, we get to preserve this great old historic structure. It's going to add some housing that's desperately needed in the community. Um, and then, you know, eventually be able to get some new houses and things um, built once we get some of these uh, older ones kind of rehabbed and the values brought up on those. So it starts to make sense to, to build some new houses. And, you know, we have all of the things in place for a, an incredible community when you, when you roll through the YMCA, um, the Wilson Performing Arts Center, the brand new schools. Um, a great hospital and healthcare system, um, historic downtown, you know, and then all these other little things that, that go along with it. I'm sure I'm missing something there, but um, all these other little things that then start to fill in the, the blanks and the, the spots. We've got, we've got a lot of opportunities here. And I don't want to, again, I want to make sure that everybody knows we've made a ton of work and we've got a, we've, we've made a ton of progress and we have a great community now. Um, it's just, you know, I don't like to get stagnant or think, okay, we've accomplished it all. What are we going to do next? I mean, it's, there's always something to do and to work on to make, make things better. Yeah. What are some of the biggest changes you have seen here since moving here? Well, the school, um, renovation project is huge. The downtown facade improvement is also huge. Those are things that you can see, you know, mm -hmm. those are tactile things you drive around and you look at and you see this new construction, you see these new renovated, newly renovated homes, newly renovated buildings. And I feel like the town, downtown in particular, it feels clean. It feels like these buildings have new life breathed into them. And I think that underneath all of that, those kind of things that you're able to see are the things that, that go unseen. And it's all the work that's been put into it. And I feel like there's a sense of community pride that went along with the bond issue and the new school and the facade improvement. 
and like Derek said, I'm sure I'm missing uh, some other projects in there, but I feel like there, there needs to be, and I feel like there is starting to be a shift from negative reactions to living in a rural community to community pride and look at what our town can be. Look at the potential here and look at the people that are all volunteering to get on board with us because we want to have town pride and we want to have, you know, rural revitalization and it starts here. And it just takes a few people to step up and and um, take the lead. And I'm not saying that we started that, but I feel like with all of the people in this town that want to see that, that have that vision, it can't be done without the help of hundreds of people. And I feel like there's a lot of that happening in our town. I keep thinking of the sign that I saw in your store and it said, these are the good old days. And I think what we're seeing in even just looking out the window right now happening in Red Oak, that really is a testament of that happening here. So I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. You can come and purchase that sign downtown. Yeah. Jay Merkin deal. Jay Merkin deal. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything to add? Well, sure. I've always got st- <laughs> something <laughs> to add. Um, you know, I think the I think all small towns right now across America face similar issues. Um, it's it's tough to I'd say if you find a community that has you know, a population under 10,000 and they're growing. I mean, that's probably pretty, pretty rare. Um, if you don't have, you know, some sort of struggle with your school system, with declining enrollment and things. I mean, there's all those things that just rural America faces. Um, our industries have, have left rural America. So everybody's fighting for those, those same kind of, same kind of things. And <clears throat> I think it's pretty, it's pretty awesome what we've been able to uh, get in Red Oak in the past, you know, couple years, in spite of some of the other, um, just what I'd call like corporate America things that happen. For example, a, a Shopco closing or a Kmart closing. You know that if you if you look at those, you know, we don't have a sh- our Shopco building is is going to be rehabbed by a, a local local industry they're going to use it for uh office space and and some other things so we don't have a big vacant building sitting there um we we don't we're not gonna have a big old school building sitting vacant so i mean those are some huge huge wins that i think are um sometimes over overlooked in in a small community um and you know just you know the the fact that a kmart and a shopco are no longer here i think it really opens the door for maybe some smaller other boutique businesses to come in, whether it's, uh, you know, whatever it is, somebody that wants to pick up the, the torch in some of those areas, whether it's the sporting goods or clothing or what, whatever it is, there's an opportunity, um, to fill up some more of these storefronts in downtown to, and fill that, fill that need. So, you know, I think that in general, there's, a great opportunity and there's always things that are changing in a small town it is it is a lot like that sign these are the good old days i mean you're never going to get back to what you were in the 60s and 70s so how do you make the best of what you have right now yeah with your own projects what have been some of your biggest challenges that you've faced 
so with our some of our own personal projects, I mean, I would say there's you know there's no way we could do some of what we've done without some of the partnerships and relationships that we've made in the the community. You know, um, finding people with similar mindsets um, and abilities and resources to help make some of these these things happen. Um, I, I would say, you know, in a in a Red Oak or any other small town, really the when you're as close as you are to the metro areas as we are your labor costs are the same as you are saying in omaha or des moines but your returns are going to be much less so you know we could take a cool 2,000 square foot building um, put an awesome you know loft apartment or two apartments up, up top and do all the rehab there and it's going to cost us the same per square foot uh, as it does in the metropolitan areas of Omaha or Des Moines or Kansas City. But, you know, what we can charge for rent on something that like that right now is much less than than what they get in those areas. So um, that's probably the first the first challenge. So making that, you know, making those work and then having partners who are willing to, you know, put the time out there that it takes to get things kind of settled and 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 work on uh, to make it work that way so yeah I think that um opening a business always has its challenges so I'm going to speak for Jay Mercantile as my project and the difficulties that I've had with that I guess is just balance I talk about that quite a bit when we went to Rural Revival Mastermind is that how do you balance being an entrepreneur a mom and then having another job outside of having your own business and that's proven to be difficult but also very rewarding at the same time so I feel like I found a really good balance I have a clear idea of where I want to be in five years and if anybody knows me well they know that I am stubborn and I will get there yes <laughs> yes I, I will <laughs> I love it so on the flip side what have been some of your biggest wins? Obviously, your business came here, Derek. Jill, you've gotten to open a store. Anything else to add to that list? We've made friends here, and we've felt very welcomed by the community um, from day one. And our kids have made friends, and they feel comfortable here. Raising our family in a smaller community has proven to be a wonderful decision. Um, so that, I mean, that's a huge win. Our personal lives have, have really evolved here. So, yeah, I mean, I think that about the time we moved here, there was kind of this big wave of people our age that, you know, probably similar circumstances with kids in bigger communities decided they wanted to come back to their hometowns. And so, you know, that certainly moving back and seeing lots of other young people our age with kids that moved back have moved back around the same time and, um, you know, continuing to see that evolve and, and everything. And I'm super proud of our house project, um, that's ongoing still, but yeah, I mean, that's, that was a, that was a big undertaking. And so I'm super proud of that one and what we've accomplished there. And, you know, I'm really, I mean, I think that just all the different organizations we've been involved with. Um, you were on the Grand Theater Board. I was a volunteer projectionist there. That's 
that's an amazing resource for the community um, and they're in expansion expansion mode with trying to add a second screen um, you know we've both been on the booster club and flipped burgers and served hot dogs and popcorn at the games and you know that's a pretty successful organization it's most most people don't in the community and probably a lot in the school don't really realize how much the that is a needed entity and all those volunteers are needed to make the activities and the athletics you know still continue to go buy uniforms and pay for extra hotel nights for state you know visits and things like that um ymca the ymca yep you're on the board of directors for the ymca and that's been super i think rewarding and challenging at the same time for you and Yep. Hotel Motel. Yeah. We, yeah. We've got a Hotel Motel uh, tax board. Jill sits on the advisory committee for that. You're on the Historic Preservation Commission. Um, I'm president of the School Foundation. So, I mean, all of those things, I think, are better in Red Oak, not just because of, you know, us being on them, but they're just things that have kind of gotten better since we, we've moved here and, and, uh, you know, it's just fun. <laughs> <Derek's>, <laughs> I don't know how to say it. Derek's dad said when we first moved here, he said, be ready because you're going to get asked to serve on every board you can ever think of. <laughs> and I thought, oh, sure. And he was right. And you know what? We have served on a lot of those boards, and I don't regret a single one. I love to see how the community operates through volunteers and um, different kind of organizations and committees such as those that we have served on and I mean you just you can't function if you don't have great people to sit on those boards so I'm happy and and honored that I was asked to be a part of those and I'm glad that that I have been yeah I I think that you know what and is, don't ask me to be on anymore <laughs> I'm, <just kidding. laughs> I'm gonna totally totally butcher this but the George Mayer saying of community service is the price you pay for the space you occupy or something like that. So, you know, you have to be able to, uh, how do I, how do you say this? It's that old saying of be the change you want to see, right? So if you have a problem with something and you don't like it, get out there and, and run for city council or get on the school board or jump on the board of the, the theater or the Y or the Wilson or whatever, the, the golf course, whatever it is, you know, You've got, to, if you want things to be better, you've got to be willing to, to put in the time, particularly in a, in a small town, so. That's great. Have there been any resources that you guys have been able to tap into, whether it be, you know, the Small Business Development Council or grants or investors or anything like that that might be helpful for other towns to know about that you've seen Red Oak benefit from? Uh, yeah, so um, part of our alley pointer uh, piece is we have what we call CoLab, which is kind of a co-working environment started in our Omaha office, and we applied that down here to, to Red Oak. One of our co-labbers is Iowa State University um, Extension and Economic Development or something like that, but Steve Adams, Steve and Lynn Adams, husband and wife team there, and they are pretty instrumental in um finding resources, developing business plans, um, what type of funding mechanisms are then available for those, uh, for those 
business plans or startups or whatever. Um, so they're certainly a, a resource, and Steve is an excellent grant writer. I mean, uh, the expansion of the Grand Theater, for example, I mean, they've applied for several different grant uh, funding mechanisms. We have locally here Southwest Iowa Community Foundation. We do have a hotel motel um, tax that um, they do a application every year that um, you can apply for money through that. Um, for sure, every small town should be looking at, you know, community development block grant dollars for facade improvements. So if you have a main street or a small downtown, um, you should certainly be looking at, at those sorts of things. Uh, Red Oak, there were some people, you know, a good 20 plus years ago that um, had the, fores the foresight to think of setting up a downtown urban renewal district, which every community should have one of those. Um, and they used uh, TIF money basically at that time and started kind of putting it in a, a bucket for a, they had a development agreement with a downtown urban renewal board. And so they captured, have just been continuously capturing the increment off that. And that's been a pretty darn uh, great way to um, reinvest in the, the downtown. That um, some of those dollars are simple enough that they help pay for roofs and furnaces and, and some things that just a lot of old buildings sometimes um, need. So it's not just a facade, but they certainly help with uh, with those kinds of things. So uh, definitely the TIF, tax increment financing and downtown urban renewal is something to take advantage of. Um, we were able to get the downtown Red Oak listed on the National Register of Historic Places. Um, so that opens the door for state and federal historic tax credits if you have a building that contributes to that, um, which is significant. You know, if you're going to put several hundred thousand dollars or, or more into these these buildings, there's a 25% state tax credit and a 20% federal tax credit on those um, costs of improvements. Um, local banking partners, for sure. Bank Iowa, you know, I don't want this to be a Bank Iowa commercial, but <laughs> um, we've had some great relationships with with them, and they are, you know, they started out as a local small town um, bank out of Clarinda, actually, and then grew grew from there, and that's been kind of this weird intertwining relationship because then we've Alley Pointer has been able to use bank, do some projects and some work for Bank Iowa uh, and some of their their ownership, so. Um, you know, they, they definitely understand kind of small town um, banking and, you know, challenges for sure. Uh, who else has been, I mean, we've had some, the, I mean, the city of Red Oak has been in general pretty, you know, pretty supportive of all the ideas that we've always thrown, thrown out there towards them. Um, you know, so you've got to have a you know, you've got to have city council that are willing to to learn and uh, listen. And, uh, you know, you've also got to be willing to not take no for an answer sometimes when you're when you're throwing out ideas there. So um, and then, you know, it's not I'd say we have the Iowa Economic Development Authority um, and they have their different programs and we have, a, you know, a county development um, entity that helps bring some of those dollars and funnel some of those dollars in 
in. Uh, most every community has what they call a COG, Council of Governments. Uh, in Red Oak here, ours is SWIPCO, Southwest Iowa Planning Coalition. And they, you know, they have their fingers in a lot of the different funding mechanisms, can funnel a lot of those dollars to the right kind of project. Um, but just kind of the, I mean, to sum it up, Perry Pointer, one of our founding principals, I mean, he'd say, Derek, to do this project, it's going to take everything in the kitchen sink and your neighbor's kitchen sink and probably that neighbor's kitchen sink to make this this happen. So, you know, you have to be able to see what you have for the funding mechanisms. You pile them all on top of each other uh, and you maybe have to tweak your project a little bit to make it to make it work for the funding mechanism. And we've been able to be pretty successful in, in that, you know, not just in Red Oak, but every community that we work in. Great. Well, what's next for you two? Not that you don't have enough going on already, but. <laughs> I have big plans for Jay Mercantile to expand. And we right now um, are in a building on the square and we will stay in the building on the square. I don't know for sure if it will be the building we are currently in. <laughs> More details to come on that, but we are excited for expansion and we feel very blessed that we are able to expand and I also have dreams of opening another business under the Jamer Cantilla umbrella. Um, we are in phase two of our own home renovation right now and hopefully wrapping that up very soon. We fell a little bit behind um, weather related things and such but um, we're in, currently in phase two of our own home renovation and I don't know, do you have anything else to add? Well, for sure, people need to make sure they check out the Southwest Iowa Art Tour. Yes, which that's the we've got some, you know, sponsorships and things coming up in, in that. And, uh, you know, I would say I'd for sure love to keep, I want to keep doing the historic home renovations um, and making sure that, you know, the effort that we put into those is so that they're going to last for another another hundred years. We don't really go into any of those with kind of a band-aid approach it's a we're going to fix it we're kind of just curators of the the homes they're going to be here they were here a long time before us and they're going to be here for a long time after us hopefully so um, just making sure that there those are going to be around um, for sure we've got some commercial buildings downtown around the square and a block off that we're there we're working on uh, really excited about uh, some different opportunities to bring, you know, a, a wine bar, tap room, coffee mill kind of scenario in. Um, that's an idea we've been working on for a long time. It's just trying to find all the right partners to make that happen. Uh, we're working on trying to expand a kind of a true co-working uh, environment. Um, that might be in a, a different building we've got our, our fingers in over there. Uh, continuing to bring in some upper story housing into our downtown. Uh, I don't have the exact facts, but you know they say that for every person that lives in downtown, it's like having uh, another 2.7 people contributing to the economy. So being able to you know get people truly living uh, in some nice upper story housing in the downtown, uh, and then for sure you know working on this kind of local pop-up market idea. Um, probably have some people back here in my office here in Red Oak for the uh, 
holiday season. Uh, we had a great group here over our junction days. We let them use the front of the store, not just the back of the the back of the office. They got to actually use the front door. <laughs> no not the alley for them. <laughs> yeah, um, but to uh, you know, kind of work on a a bigger plan that that has someone here every single weekend, uh, and kind of work out what you know, kind of test it out so we can figure out what we need in a more permanent kind of pop-up space. And and the idea, really the idea with the pop-up space is that kind of like Jill, you know, she started with the Jay Mercantile as a one weekend a month thing, and then it was going good. And she wanted to, to have a little more space and and do a little more, you know, time or hours or business hours or whatever. And so if we can, if we can use that pop-up then to get someone to, for example, you know, we talked about the Shopco closing. So if someone wants to do a sporting goods pop-up, right, and it goes good enough for them on the couple weekends they do it that they say, you know, maybe we could do this full time and then we can have a, you know, a building downtown that we can put them into downtown, one of our renovated buildings down here. So that's kind of how we're, we're working with some of that and some of those ideas. Great. Well, how do we follow along with all that you have going on? Uh, social media sites. Um, Jay Mercantile is on Facebook and Instagram. So follow along with us because we do events and um, lots of open houses. Um, sometimes we'll have specials and new merchandise teasers to put out there. So that's the best way to follow me. And yeah, you can find me on Instagram. That's a public account, Derek O'Neill. And I post a lot on the school and the, you know, just the renovations we're doing and sneak peeks of projects and just fun little details and history we find. So, yeah, you can you can find us there. And do you have time for clients from other small towns to help them with some of their efforts, too? Absolutely. I would love to, to chat with any any community that, you know, wants to preserve their history and continue to make improvements forward for their for their future. I'm happy to chat with with anyone and pass on my my knowledge and whether we actually end up working together or not, you know, that that doesn't bother me. It's just I like to be able to make sure that um, everybody, every community has equal access to, you know, design and uh, thoughtful conversation on how to, you know, make it work for them. Great. Guys, thanks for being on the podcast. This has been great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for coming down to down to Red Oak, and hopefully we can do this again in the future. Yeah, I love it here. Everybody come. Well, I love how Derek and Jill's heart for small towns and properties eventually led them back to Derek's hometown and how they are all in on their community's revitalization and their dreams for a thriving future there. And I also love that they're having so much fun throughout this process. You will absolutely want to check out the show notes and be sure to follow along with Derek and Jill as they continue to help bring rural revival to Red Oak. Huge thanks to Derek and Jill for being on the podcast. And thanks to you for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Have a great day, everybody.